Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Bing, bama, bing, bong, bing, bada, bing, bing, bong, bing, bing, bong. Wow, I've never heard such vibrancy in your bing, bong. <laughs> and perhaps it's because we've had a month off, Claire. Uh, it is, though. This will be interesting. I'm a little husky. I hope listeners enjoy the huskiness. I had laryngitis last week. Ooh, the sexiest the of sex- all diseases. <laughs> it's so funny. I was speaking to a friend of ours, Sean, who had it recently too, and he's like, yeah, the first day you're like, oh, this is fun. Listen to me. I sound like I'm <laughs> sexy and smoking. And then the next day you're like, this is really freaking annoying. Then your voice completely disappears and you're like, I need my voice. Yeah, you need your voice. For it's everything. True. I was like Ariel in The Little Mermaid. I was sign language and everything. And I realized how loud I am all the time. You know the thing about Ariel is? Yes. Weak as piss, mate. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? No. Look at this guy and you're like, yeah, this is the guy. I'm gonna <laughs> The book's even weird. I'm sure we've talked about this, but she gets rejected and then is turned to sea foam at the end. Yeah, it's just like, so oh well, I guess I shouldn't have dreamed of anything slightly Hands. bigger than Hands me. Christian Anderson, mate. The real version, I've got a very, very old copy of Hans yeah. Christian Anderson, and they're all awful and terrible. The yep. little match girl. What? Oh my God. She's what? like an orphan that sells matches and she ends up dead on the street. It's awful. It's nice. just all well, they, these these were warnings to kids that were just like, hey, we'll kill you. Be careful. We'll kill you. Someone will kill <laughs> you. Actually, I will say. Stay in your lane. Probably maybe at that time some of them were fairly on point. Yeah, I know. You know but it was also like. Was very brutal. You could just get a disease or like you roll your ankle. And, and then, then you're your, dead. your foot falls off the next month. <laughs> well, this is what I mean. So even though, yes, problematic and like Little Red Riding Hood, don't get me started. Sure. Don't. Stray off the path, ladies. You'll get eaten by a wolf. It's true. You just stay small. Or at least walk with your keys in your hand, <laughs> ready to punch a wolf right in the mouth, <laughs> right in the snout, the wolf snout. Do they have snouts? Oh, that's a wolf getting punched in the snout yeah. as it runs away. I just always never bought the end of that story. What, the, the huntsman's just like, I'm here. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm a go- I've just been introduced, but I'm here to help. <laughs> no, before that, when the wolf is literally lying in her bed dressed yeah, as her grandmother and she's like, what big ears you have. Also. Wolf that is, you, like, in what world does a grandmother look like a wolf? Well, depending on the grandma. But also it's like <laughs> weird con by the wolf, like weird <laughs> theatre cosplay kid energy to be like, you don't need to do any of that. You go in, you eat the old woman, and then when the door opens, you're like, I'm a wolf. I'm going to eat you too. Ridiculous. Oh, what, he swallowed her whole, the grandma? Because in I some mean, versions, the wolf, the, the grandma gets cut out. It's so weird. That's what I mean. Like, also, that's so weird. So he eats the grandmother. Same version, she's in a cupboard or something. But usually <laughs> she gets swallowed and then the woodcutter comes and goes, don't worry, I'll cut your stomach open. And then grandma just steps out. No, she's been, like, swallowed in yeah. the digestive tract. Grandma falls out in, like, a sea of, like, weird intestines and he's dead. Isn't there a version where, like, the wolf... Maybe I'm making this up. It's like infinitely hungry because 
it's got like an opening in stomach so it can never be full or something. I feel I like think you've I've made imagined that, that. Yeah. Maybe that's wow. my version. All right. Maybe that's like a deep insight into your psychology. Maybe You're it forever is. hungry. You're never satisfied. You can never be satisfied. Oh, oh, you saw Hamilton. I saw Hamilton. Do you want to talk about Hamilton? Oh, oh this is suggestible where we talk about things that we've read, watched, or listened to. Or I'm Claire Twenty. James here also. We Hello. are married and we've been on break and we're so excited to be back. And on that note, do I want to start by talking about Hamilton? Because I feel like we might lose some listeners. Maybe we'll save it to the end then. All right. Maybe we save it to the Stay, end. Stick around for my review Just trying to of Google Hamilton. This infinitely in hungry. Person. Infinitely hungry wolf. You totally made that up. But also, you need to copyright that because maybe that's like something you should copyright. It's absolutely nothing. I would never write that <laughs> Make story. A movie. And if I write, people would be like, why did you write <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood and then tack on a very weird ending? <laughs> maybe that's just subconsciously my spirit animal. Just maybe it endlessly is. hungry. Endlessly hungry wolf. That's me. All right. Would you like to go first for this episode? Oh, I totally would. Our inaugural back from holidays. Oh, thank you to everybody so. who stuck around who went on Big Sam, which you subscribed because oh. there were still things there. Uh, people who have been really supportive of this, uh, us taking a break. We feel, I feel really good having okay. taken a break. Yeah, yeah, me too. I feel so grateful to everyone. Exactly. If you're back here, thank you so much for uh, coming back. And yes, I agree. I feel really, other than the laryngitis, really rested. And mm. I think... After all the couple of years, however you can in your life, I'd recommend my first recommendation would be just chilling out a little. If you Somehow, can. if you can, if you've got a little bit of time, taking some rest. Yeah, I agree. It's all good. However you do it. However you do it. I mean, that? we went to the beach in Fiji. That's true. That was pretty fun. Not just any beach, not just St Kilda Beach, <laughs> the worst beach. I saw an in octopus. Australia. I spent like half an hour with an octopus. I got very teary and it, it, they're so clever and smart and it was playing with me behind a rock. I don't know if I got too into my octopus teacher, but I think actually it was amazing and it changed color and its tentacles were like electric blue. Yep. It was amazing. It was what a, did you think of the snorkeling? It was all right. Okay. Hey. I have to drag you to the snorkeling, <laughs> P.S. Just like on our beach holiday that we went, which we had, hadn't been overseas in years and years, and James spent most of it reading by the water yep. asleep or asleep. Or asleep, yep. And on the last, second last day, I was like, you have to go snorkeling. This is like world famous I was snorkeling. Like, Fine, I'll go snorkeling. And then you loved it. It was pretty good. We were out there too long. Mason, um, Claire, what's your first recommendation? Mason. Whatever. Jeez. We haven't recorded anything yet, so we've got to get back into that oh, this man. week as well. All right. Well, I'm I'm breaking the ice for you. Let's do it. There you go. I was going to say pop on your cherry, but that's getting very... Weird, considering I'm your wife and you call me Mason. I didn't realize I was marrying Mason as well when I married you. Actually, I did. Believe I knew it. That. I knew that already. So first recommendation, rest. Very fun. Second recommendation would be not having laryngitis. But third recommendation, I did a lot of listening to music on my break, wow. which is unusual for me because I did have a lot of books and I will get to those as well. I read and I didn't really watch a lot of movies and things, which I thought I would, but I listened to a hell of a lot of music. And one new artist I found, Sam Buckingham, she's been around quite a long time. She's an Australian singer-songwriter from Byron Bay, the very famous Byron Bay. That's where Chris Hemsworth owns. Correct. Exactly. She uh, is a very awesome, cool person. But her latest album is called Dear John. And my goodness, dear James, it's good. <gasps> Let me tell you about her. And I re- have listened to this so much on my holiday. I just loved it. So following the release of her previous two albums, I'm a Bird and The Water, the acclaimed Byron Bay-based singer-songwriter 
has taken a different approach in the sound for her third album, Dear John. Ah. It's moving from indie folk Americana and delves straight into alternative pop with lots of loop pedals and kind of interesting texture. You love a loop pedal. I love a loop pedal, my God. Just one listen to the first few singles, I'll say, not albums, singles, from the new record, Something More Run or the title track, Dear John, and you're instantly hooked. So the lyrics are raw, honest and emotive. And what's really interesting and what I think stands out about this album so much is that it's clearly about the breakdown of her relationship that was emotionally abusive and had a lot of coercive control. Right, right, right. And so I think the lyrics and the melodies are really catchy and the lyrics of the chorus is really catchy. They'll stick in your head immediately. But once you start to really listen, you see that she's talking about female empowerment Mm -hmm, particularly mm -hmm. and that idea that someone can rob you of your very kind of um, vibrancy and what you believe in and who you are and how that can sneak up on you and the kind of lies that we tell ourselves in those kind of toxic relationships. And it's really defiant and joyful. Like, Mm. for instance, Dear John, which is the title track, in the soundtrack, um, in the soundtrack, in the video clip, she shaves her head. And it's so liberating and kind of she's eating a piece of cake, which I know sounds kind of, I don't know, whatever it sounds. I love it so much because there's layers in here about women are like needing to fit into particular boxes and needing to stay small and needing to be stay kind of humble and hungry and mm. and questioning themselves constantly. And I think it's so liberating to see her kind of barreling the camera and there shaving her head and just being like, I am this person and I've done so much work on myself emotionally to stand here now because I know people in, in our, we both know people yeah. in our lives who've been through really toxic relationships where the person has kind of robbed them of everything, mm. of who they thought they were, of their self-esteem and self-worth, even when it's not um, physically abusive. Emotional abuse can be so corrosive and I think it's just so exciting to see an artist embrace herself completely and also then give that gift to her audience. And you can see that in the kind of connection and community that she's built around her music as well. It's just so many people resonating with that message of reclaiming who they are and also reclaiming themselves as artists as well and and being okay with that. It's just, mm. it's so powerful. There's another track I really recommend you listening to, as I mentioned, called Something More, and that's probably my favourite one she barrels the camera and does like a dance routine with like, they kind of look like her friends and they're women of all different shapes and sizes. And that in itself is really liberating to see in a video clip. Uh, But the actual lyrics of the song are also about gender pay equity and finding out who you are and looking for something more. And I think often women are put into boxes and then put themselves in boxes and limit themselves with what they can do, which is why we miss out on a lot of art made by women. Mm. Because they, for whatever reason, either, I don't know, even in terms of motherhood are constrained by, you know, having limited time and resources, but then also their own sort of self-belief and self-worth too. So there's just a lot in there about fighting against violence as well against women too. And anyway... She's amazing. I'm going to see her live on Friday night. Oh, awesome. I know. So one of the things I've really reflected on over our break is that I want to bring more live music back Mm. into my life. And I think COVID especially, we just couldn't go and see much. No one likes a Zoom concert. Awful. (laughs) No, terrible, right? Or a Fortnite concert. Oh, Lord. I don't even know what that is. It's just you're in Fortnite (laughs) and there's a concert happening. Some with like Snoop Dogg's like, I'm here too. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh no, no good. Did you, I remember those like celebrity play reads where hated like it. <laughs> hated all of that. The only one I kind of semi enjoyed was the one where Shia LaBeouf was in his car sweating with a towel while like Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt were having a moment. Fuck you. Remember him. that video? I don't want to get into that. He's a fucking piece of shit. Well, yeah. He's on his apology tour at the moment, but he sucks. <laughs> yeah. Just a quick question about the cake and haircut situation. Yes. yes. Does any of the hair get into the cake? <laughs> Surprisingly, I couldn't see any. But mm. you're right. Maybe it feels like it probably did, but they cut it out in filming. Oh, so it edit. wasn't like one take. No, no, no. There's lots of cuts mm. being made. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. I love that. I love that idea. Yeah. It's really amazing. And it's kind of this like really delicious cream layered strawberry cake with all these strawberries on top. Yeah, and yeah. So also what's interesting about that, right, is you've only got one take to do that. One cake? One cake and oh, to one shave take. Your head. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. True. Like if something happens, I mean, obviously they cut it together for the yeah, clip, yeah, sure. But it's you can't go back and redo it. No, if, like something happens to the footage or whatever. I think I like that though. Like the imperfections of it, it's just like, well, this is it. So whatever we're making here, this is this yeah. is what's happening. And yeah. you kind of get that feeling as well. Like she has some funding from the government to be able to make her art, but she's really working on a shoestring budget because she's producing it independently, yeah, right. which is also really interesting. I mean, she's toured really, really big names in Australia like Kate Miller-Heike and Paul mm. Kelly, but she has really had to bring in all as many resources as she possibly could. Yeah. And the video clips kind of show that in her film clip for Run. It's just her in like 80s active wear mm. and kind of in a studio doing a dance to the camera while it's kind of circling her. I think, I think that's really interesting that like you can – uh, you, you get encouraged you to like be more creative and you could just do like a standard video clip. I don't know, you're black and white and you're in a sad room or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's really interesting and like in a good way to kind of get your stuff out there by doing something unique like that. Yeah, yeah I think so too. And Sometimes also, but no budget it can be a good thing. Yeah, and that's exactly right. I think what's interesting too is the dance routine one that she does for something more. They're filming in a suburban street mm. and then it starts to rain. And I live in a suburban street. Oh, that, my goodness. I feel like I can relate to this. Anyway, but in her Instagram, one of her sort of clips where she was writing about the behind the scenes, she said they did so many takes of that and they the one that they nailed was the one when it started raining. But it's actually really cool because there's kind of rain on the lens of the camera and it kind of is amazing as she's doing this dance routine walking towards the camera with this group of really I've cool women. I've got it women. here, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's awesome. Anyway, her name is Sam Buckingham. Go follow her. If you're lucky enough to be in Australia, she's on tour at What's the What's the moment. cake one called? Um, that's Dear John. Gotcha. Yeah, she's in kind of curlers in it. It's sort of very, um, well, like, a, you know, the idea of a Dear John letter. Yeah. That's very kind of wartime. So she's in that sort of look. Really cool. Anyway, uh, yeah, go follow Stan Buckingham. Over to you. Out of 10, do you give it 10? I give it 10. Wow. I also give it 10, having not seen it, but I've just added this to my watch later. <laughs> now, Claire, on holiday, uh, I had an opportunity to read some books. Did I read The Hobbit? Sure. That's neither here nor there. Uh, I also watched all the Hobbit movies for Caravan and Garbage. They're coming up. My God. Do you want to, have, like, talking about a feat of endurance <laughs> is getting through. 15 fucking hours of those movies, however long they I are. feel like I deserve a medal too for dealing with your emotional roller coaster while you were doing that. I mean, having read the book, I'm like, this book's incredible. This is an incredible book. I've been telling you that for years. I know, but I started, Lord of the Rings. I started Lord of the Rings. I'm like, this is boring. And I know you got to kind of get into like a rhythm, but The mm. Hobbit, it's so brisk mm. and it's so fun. Mm. And, and it was written in like 1432 or what? No, it was like in the 30s. It's yeah. amazing. If yeah. you haven't read The Hobbit, uh, I recommend that really famous book. And that's and, and, and watching the movies, I'm like, yeah, no, you, you, if you cut like 
50 to 60% out of these movies. <laughs> there is like a good movie in here. Uh, but anyway, that's not that's on. I read some other books, so I'll re- talk about another one next week. But uh, this one is called Mickey Seven, one word, Mickey, and then the number seven. It's by Edward Ashton. It's a sci-fi novel, Claire. It's not super long, so if you just want, I want a brisk, fun, light read, a little bit of sci-fi, uh, then that's the kind of situation you're going to get here. Here is the explanation for what the book is, Claire. Mickey Seven is an expendable, a disposable employee on a human expedition sent to colonize the ice world of Niflheim. Uh, Niflheim is like, that's a, that's a North mythology uh, is that a real world. place? No, but it, it well, it is because they named this world in this, in this story. Niflheim, I read, so someone named a place Niflheim. Yeah, it's, it's in Thor as well. It's like a, it's like a different realm and whatever in Thor. It sounds like Niflheim. It does sound like Niflheim. You're right, Claire, and yeah. we're definitely saying it wrong. Uh, so whenever there's a mission too dangerous, dangerous, even suicidal, the crew turns to Mickey. So after one iteration dies, a new body is regenerated with most of his memories intact. So after six deaths, Mickey seven. Uh, so he's on his seventh incarnation, understands the terms of his deal and why it was uh, the only colonial position unfilled when he took it. So if you, uh, it's a little bit Red Dwarf. You ever seen any Red Dwarf, Claire? Oh, I'm not a massive Red Dwarf person. Shock, but, mm. but have seen it's it. It's good. There's a lot of really solid sci-fi ideas in there and it, like, it ebbs and flows in terms of how, how good it is. But I've always I've always been on board and they keep making so Red Dwarf every few years. So you would be I, into sci-fi. I know. Comedy. Uh, it formed a lot of my childhood. I'm like, this is so weird and British. I love it. <laughs> and it's also a bit like The Martian, if you've read The Martian. It kind of reads like that. Like it's very brisk and, you know, it's a bit kind of like, I would say it's like pop sci-fi, which sounds like an insult, but it's 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 not. It's exactly what it's supposed to be. And I like this idea of like, he's not really skilled at anything. So he's just like a guy who's like, oh, there's a radiation leak. You need to fix it. And it's like, well, I'll die. And it's like, yeah, no, that's your job. You die. And then we print a different version of you. And they have like a scan of his like last memory. And then he's put into it. So he's essentially a new person every time with most of his previous memories, wherever he, he saved the mat. But very early on in the novel, like, he's abandoned to, to die. It's like, ah, you know, because there'll be another version of you. But then there ends up being two versions of him, which is illegal. You're not allowed to have two versions of yourself because there was this, they get into the reasons why, but there was basically this guy who made a whole, it was like an Elon Musk type who made a whole planet worth of himself and tried to, like, take over the galaxy. So they're like, let's not, let's not have multiple <laughs> copies of, of, of people anymore. So, yeah, th- there's really interesting world building and it's about, like, space exploration and, there's a bit of like, you know, like, what is this? What are, who's human? What am I? Am I human if I'm a copy of the previous <laughs> guy and whatever? And it's, it have, that's how we like, uh, how it affects his relationships with the people around him. Cause they're like, is this even a real person at this point? You know, is he have a soul even if that's something you believe in? If he's like a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. Uh, it's also deals a little bit of alien life and, and things like that. So I would say like, again, if you like the Martian, if you like, fun sci-fi. You should definitely get into this. And the reason I, I read this as well for a couple of reasons. One, I had this exact idea like eight years ago and I never wrote it down. <laughs> uh, but but not only that, it's because um, Bong Joon-ho is going to be directing this movie. Ah. Uh, that's going to be his next movie. So he did uh, Snowpiercer. He did The Host. He did more recently Parasite. Amazing. Uh, which is an incredible director, um, South Korean director. And the movie's going to have Robert Pattinson in the lead. It's got like <gasps> Mark Ruffalo. Your favorite. I think it's got. Oh, there's an, Love there's, Mark Ruffalo. There's an Australian person in like. I'm pretty, I really enjoyed him in the lighthearted movie Begin Again. Oh yeah, you like the movie Begin Again. Oh, it's got movie. Tony Collette. That's right, Tony Ooh, Collette. Oh, Stephen Ewan's in it. Who was uh, recently and well, he's in The Walking Dead, but he was in the movie Nope, which I watched recently, oh, which I really liked. Yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, I think it's I think it's very cool and fun and brisk. And I'll talk about a bit more of a denser sci-fi book that I read. 
next week. Fun times. Uh, you read so many books. I read two to three books, yeah. Which and is I'm, a lot for you. Actually, I'm, I'm on like three and a half. I've yeah. kind of stopped because I've, you know, come back here and I've <laughs> doing less reading. But it was nice to sit and read. And I love Kindles, Claire. I know you love physical books, but I love Kindles. And it's been like this has got all these all my books on it and whatever. Except when there's like a, you get a scratch on the screen, which I did, and you can never get rid of it. So you turn the page <laughs> and the scratch is still there. You keep turning and turning and the scratch doesn't disappear, Claire. That's real annoying. I know. Also when the battery runs out because I'm really bad at yeah, charging Yeah, you're bad at things. charging things, yeah. I really am. One of the signs that I know that you love me is that I often wake up and my phone is plugged in. It's true. And I haven't done it. <laughs> That's mostly for me so I can call you during the day and yeah. be like, Claire, we're out of bread. If you're out, get some bread while you're out. <laughs> we're always out of bread and milk. A lot of parenting is just being out of bread and milk. I feel like I don't even eat that much bread. Who's eating all the bread in our house? What's going on? I don't know. Do you have a bread bin, a literal a, bread bin? A little, what do you mean a little bread bin? You mean a little bread like elf? Yeah. It would be more like well, well, actually, I threw out like probably a quarter of a loaf today because it would be good to go moldy. Mold. This is really interesting for everyone listening. I agree. I think people <laughs> experience our... similar problems. Well, the, the wa- I think it's important <laughs> for sustainability, like the waste that humans have, and that's, that speaks to this book because they're on this, this planet. They're restricted in calories of what they can eat every day. And when there's two of you and nobody knows that there's two of you, you've got to have those calories again, Claire. How do you survive oh. on 800 calories oh a day? Oh, my God, you'd be in a deficit, a calorie deficit. You'd be in a calorie deficit. That's correct, Claire. <laughs> yeah, all about that. Yeah. Fishman Fitness. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Excellent. Can I go now? I would love you to talk about a sad thing or whatever you're going to do. <laughs> Jack Buckingham is not a sad thing. She's like triumphant. No, no, no. But I mean like genius. you're going to now talk about a sad thing. Oh, am I? Yeah, probably. What made you think that? No, I'm going to talk about a book that I read that I loved. Sad and book. actually there is a segue because you know how you said you had that idea for that book yes. eight years ago? Yeah. Well, one of the reasons I got onto the book I'm about to talk about is because I reread Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, which I always do when I'm trying a new creative thing because it's really supportive. And if you're someone tortured by creativity, it's just great. And Not me. Everything I've ever done stuck. is terrific. Anyway. All right. Oh, gosh. The arrogance. <laughs> the sureness. But it's true and everybody thinks so. Just read my YouTube comments. <laughs> they all seem to love you slash want to murder you. All right. So <laughs> you have people at the both ends of the spectrum. Anyway. Her idea is that we talked about these oh, well, we're away, that ideas are sentient and that ideas kind of come and go in the ether. Yeah. And you have to be, they're looking for someone to get, make them become a reality. And so obviously, this is just her idea of ideas. But I think that's a really cool way of thinking about it because I do think that things kind of float around in the ether and you might have that idea. But then if you don't, like put it into being, it'll float on to someone else, mm. which I think often happens and Liz Gilbert writes about, but I have other other creators have said this to me, that they'll have had an idea, they'll make the idea and then someone will come to me like, oh, I was going to do that idea and then you did that idea. I'll kill you. Yeah, and that actually happened to me with Just Make the Thing, the podcast. A friend of ours was like, I was going to make that exact thing, but I didn't. Well, now you and didn't. You, and now you didn't. Anyway, but I thought that was really interesting and that is why if you get an idea, you should just bring it into being. Absolutely. Because uh, you can't sit on it because it will get made. Because I'll get else. it. 
I'm going to get it. If you've got an idea and you don't do it, I'll take it from you. You won't even know and I'll do it. And I'll do a bad version of it. <laughs> well, that's the other thing she says about creativity too, that ideas really want to get made, but they're looking for someone who's going to really work hard to get that out into the world. And if you're not someone that's going to give it 100%, it still might move on or you'll find someone else also makes that idea but makes it better. Yeah. I don't know. I do feel like that sometimes happens with films and stuff, right? Like the same kind of, I know, biopic about a particular character will be made a few different times. You know, like Winston Churchill, there was that year where like all these movies came out about Winston Churchill. Oh, yeah. That? I don't know. I just feel like that happens. Caused a famine in India, killed like a billion people. I know. I'm not saying he's a great person. <laughs> I'm just saying that there will seem to be a lot of biopics about him in a very short amount of space of time. Anyway. That's that's by the way. It's like that Hugh Jackman movie about the he's a wizard or something. Oh, he's a magician. Yeah. And there was another movie that was very similar. They were not. To that. Well, he was a magician yeah. and a wizard. Yeah. One and is definitely better. It's a Hugh Jackman one. It's like Armageddon Deep Impact. Yes. Thank you. Exactly. I just find that kind of interesting. That obviously human consciousness is like thinking of similar things at the same time. Anyway. That led me to, segue, Elizabeth Gilbert's book that I've always wanted to read, The Signature of All Things. And it was the perfect book to read while I was on a tropical island. It's cool. The story follows Arma Whittaker, who is the daughter of a botanical explorer, as she comes into her own within the world of plants and science. My goodness. Now, it's set in the 18th and 19th centuries, which is, I think, really interesting. Those are two of my favourite centuries. Oh, well, there you Not go. Not my top century. It's probably this century is my favourite century, <laughs> but uh, they're up there, definitely. Well, there you go. So, though um, Alma is the main character, the novel follows the fortunes of the whole family of Whitakers, as led by her father, the enterprising Henry Whitaker, who was a born a poor Englishman and makes a great fortune in the South American quinine trade. So it's all about kind of botanicals is how she got into writing this book, which I find really interesting, is that she was really having writer's block and going through a really low period in her creativity. Mm. And so to get unstuck, she started gardening. She moved to a new house and they didn't have a garden there. So she started creating a garden and that kind of led her to start researching different plants. And then she ended up in the library. Then she started looking at kind of the beginnings of where certain plants came from and the exporting of plants. And it sort of led her down this big botanical research hole and then she came up with this idea. And it's actually really fascinating where plants started and and because they're really the beginnings of the pharmaceutical trade, right, which I think is really interesting. So, for example, Henry Whitaker, who is this kind of poor kid in England, is working for, um, is it Joseph Banks? I'm pretty sure. Joseph Banks is like the really famous botanist okay, who went yeah. on the um, expeditions with Captain Cook over, you know, on the ship. So this is right at that time before the Industrial Revolution where colonisation is happening and it's horrible, right? Yeah. But um, Captain Cook eaten, her, by, eaten by, they ate him though, didn't they? Correct, by the natives on a particular island. <laughs> but what was interesting was that then it's kind of detailing that whole idea and how Henry Whitaker is sort of stealing plants from Joseph Banks, like really rare specimens and selling them on to really famous botanists and then he gets found out. And because he's such an upstart and kind of such a, you know, he's got a lot of spunk and a lot of kind of schutzpah about him, Joseph Banks, rather than getting him hung, which is probably what would have happened, sets him out on an expedition with Captain Cook because he was too old to go on the ships anymore. Right, right. And you okay. know how brutal those ships were. He was probably like were. 32, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> 28. Um, 
And so then Henry kind of makes his way and on these ships and somehow survives and collects all these plants and becomes an expert at kind of shipping plants around the world. And that becomes his kind of livelihood and he eventually becomes, and it's not a spoiler alert, it's in the very first chapter, becomes incredibly wealthy and becomes this big mogul. But a lot of it is because when he gets back after these long voyages where he nearly dies and freezes in the Arctic and has seen this whole world and he's worked so hard for Joseph Banks, he gets back and Joseph Banks makes fun of him and says he'll never be a gentleman when Henry Whitaker kind of walks in and wants to show him everything he's done for him. So then he... Damn, you'll never be a gentleman. That's like you're a bitch of its time. and you would love this. Also, Captain Cook wasn't eaten, by the way. He was killed, yeah, but he wasn't eaten. I thought he was eaten. In the book they say he was eaten. Uh, Someone told me he was eaten. I don't know. There's there's a rumour. It's a rumour, but apparently it's not actually true. That would have been really great. Anyway, (laughs) because the island we were on, there were cannibals in Fiji. At one point at in one their history. Point. Interesting. Sure. Anyway, going back to this, you love a person fueled by spite who then goes on to succeed. It's my favourite thing. <laughs> Correct. You love a vendetta. And that's basically what Henry Whitaker lives the rest of his life. He moves to America because he hates England then. He's like, I, this is all bullshit. What a gentleman is, being a gentleman is bullshit. I'm never going to be anyone here because of their stupid classes system. So I'm going to steal all these plants from Joseph Banks and I'm going to go to America in Philadelphia and I'm going to become this giant mogul. And that's basically what he does. He becomes like one of the wealthiest men in America. That man, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Will Smith! He became Will Smith! <laughs> you are correct, exactly. Anyway, Alma is his daughter. Mm. And what I like about her as a protagonist is that she's not attractive. She's like very sturdy. She looks exactly like her dad. Very sturdy, but whip smart. Yeah. Right? And I, so they don't do one of those things. Uh, we talked about the men riding women Twitter or yeah, something, or something exactly. where it's like her breasts were perky. They were very, they were like up high. They were like, like they were looking <laughs> at you. <laughs> they spent yeah. so much time. Oh, my God, describing her perched breasts and, like, You should have seen them. Wow, incredible. Yeah, exactly. No, I love this. Alma's, like, really not very, like, she's just very odd looking in general. She's got, like, bright red hair, very giant, sturdy, broad-shouldered, but incredibly smart and always, and her her dad was a really difficult like kind of cantankerous guy. Well, he wasn't a gentleman. No, he wasn't. And obviously really ruthless as well. But he passed on and he, her mother was sort of this like very no-nonsense Dutch woman who mm. Henry Whittaker marries because he sees in her someone who can help him build his empire because she's so smart and practical and, you know, to the point. And he kind of loves that about his wife. And then they raise armor as this kind of like no-nonsense, incredibly kind of academic child who mm. sort of – explores the world of botany in this new kind of way. Anyway, it's really wonderful and like wide-reaching. It's exquisitely researched and told at a galloping pace from London to Peru to Philadelphia to Tahiti and then eventually to Amsterdam and beyond. Along the way, the story is peopled with unforgettable characters, missionaries, abolitionists, adventurers, astronomers, sea captains, geniuses, and the quite mad, which is also really cool. They're really complex, interesting characters that deal with really – Amazing themes as um, it begins in the Age of Enlightenment but then moves into the Industrial Revolution and sort of bears witness that extraordinary moment in human history Mm. when all the old assumptions about science, religion, commerce and class were exploding into dangerous new ideas. So Darwin, Charles Darwin kind of features towards the end of the book as well and it's written in a really bold questing spirit of that time And I just, I really enjoyed it. It's a rollicking story and there's sort of love and all kinds of things in in amongst it. But at the heart of it is kind of a quest for um, understanding why we are here and the kind of nature of all things. 
which I think is really, really interesting. And there's like a depth to it in terms of philosophy and spirituality. And at one point, Arma falls in love with this really eccentric guy who is really obsessed with the notion that God has left kind of patterns within plant life to show, I guess it's that idea of the signature of all things, like to show that he exists. And so things like plants that would be good for your liver are shaped like a liver and you know, there's sort of within the natural world, there's like a matrix that there's you can explore. Yeah, and she's a scientist, so she's very not that way at all. She's like, no, that's complete bullshit and God doesn't exist and I'm. she kind of worships nature in a way. Mm. And then she becomes obsessed with mosses and goes right deep into this exploration of moss and why it's so incredible and why they is talk about so concepts of time. and Well, because it lives for so long, it exists all over the world, it, it, when you look at it in my in micro like under a microscope, it's like a whole world in and of, in and of itself. She Would you use the word it, ecosystem? Yes, but also it creates like it eat, eats rocks. Yeah. So she talks about it as human time and then moss time. So moss can eat a rock, but it might take hundreds of years to do that. But it's just because humans only receive time. I could eat a, I could eat a rock quicker scale. than that. You give me a rock, I'll <laughs> eat that rock in a month. I reckon. <laughs> Done. Away at it. Excellent. Blend it into a smoothie. Let's do it. Do you know pregnant women, this is totally unrelated, but there is a disorder when you're pregnant where you start wanting to, you crave like eating rocks. Yeah, there is that thing of like people have it with like terracotta as well. Yeah. It like completely ruins your teeth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. But there you go. If you're out there, I'm so sorry if that's happening to you. Anyway, The Signature of All Things by Elizabeth Gilbert. It was so interesting and it just coincidentally. It sounds like a mixture of history and fiction, Claire. Yes. It was my favourite sort of book or one of my favourite kind of books. I really love it because I learned a lot at the same time as also being involved in the story. And I happen to be on a beautiful tropical island with an interesting history and there are a lot of beautiful tropical islands within uh, the book. So it was a lot of sea travel and stories about sea travel. I'll tell you what, you wouldn't want to be on a ship in the 1800s. Man. Nah, sucks. Brutal stuff. Also, they'd be like, here's your allocation of salt for the day. That's your meal. <laughs> oh my gosh, exactly. Here's some scurvy for you, mate. Mm, and uh, if your dead was throwing you to the sharks. Yep. It is wild, though. She does a great job of kind of giving you an insight. And it's obviously imagined insight into what it would be like to just launch off onto the seas with no idea of what you're going to find. And then also kind of the ancient mind-blowing wisdom of particular Indigenous cultures like the Tahitians who explored the seas Mm. and knew everything about the stars and could navigate, you know, without the need of a map and all of that rich knowledge that the colonialists kind of were just like, nah, we're just going to like murder everyone and, and tell you all that Christianity and pretend we're better than you. When actually there's this kind of incredibly rich culture that's much deeper and has much more wisdom and really just how, you know, colonisation completely screwed over everyone, Gunpowder including the people who were doing the colonising as well. Yes. Nobody's you know? happy. Nobody's happy. Does no, anyone sound happy? Just seems like a Nobody's horrible, happy. like they took these people who were like even really sexually free and liberated and loving their lives and, mm. you know, obviously a lot of brutal parts of their culture too. But they kind of, you know, yeah, and it's they, also and they put on a lot of things about like sexuality and what it means to be and like a man or a woman, yeah, and, and like yeah. modesty and all this kind yeah. of stuff, which 
maybe at one point they thought they did think was the right way, but actually yeah. seems to not be very good for no, you. And a lot of cultures like gender is quite fluid. You know, it's not just yeah. like, it's like this binary thing that a lot of people seem Correct. to be obsessed with. Exactly. Anyway, I loved it. The signature of all things. All right. Are we, that's the, that's the episode. No, Claire, I've got one more thing. Oh, uh, do share. This is a mini series that Vice have been doing. Vice, the YouTube channel, right? It's uh, basically Ooh. on a big musical kind of hits, like one-off things. They're like these mini documentaries. And you would love this. There's a couple of them I watched. One was on the song uh, Teenage Dirtbag by Wheatus. Oh. And the other one was the story of A Thousand Miles by, by Vanessa Carlton. Ooh. So you remember this from early 2000s or both of those are from I remember because I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby. Exactly. Um, is it an I would walk? No, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, she's playing the piano and she's yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm trying because yeah. I've got 500 miles in my head, and I sing, sing me the chorus. Oh yeah. Anyway, so it talks to the, like it talks to the people involved. For example, they like the interview Vanessa Carlton yes. and her family and where she is now, and it talks about how. Like this was a, she was kind of a struggling artist at the time. And then all of a sudden she had this, like that kind of, she picked like the key moment from the song that, that people the, remember yeah, yeah. and it became this huge hit. And they even talked to like Terry Crews who sings it in White Chicks. And I don't know if you've ever seen the movie White Chicks. No. Anyway, it's in that. So apparently he still gets people singing to him as well. And it's also talked about how like the animosity that she's had with record labels and how they're trying to put her into a certain box and she... And she wasn't really interested in, in like being that way and kind of the, also the fallout and like what, what happens to a person after you have this big hit and then like, you know, like 20 years on. And it's interesting as well with the Teenage Dirtbag song. That wasn't a big hit in the US apparently, which I had no idea because it was huge here. It was like everywhere. And it's also in like huge in like other parts of, oh, yeah. of Europe. And look, Wheatus, to their defense, that, that album is like not a terrible album. I don't know if yeah. you've ever heard it. It's got some, got some good stuff on it. And <clears> same <throat> with Vanessa Carlton. It's just really interesting going back 20 years to this year when I was like a teenager and these were like the, some of the They're biggest so songs iconic. in the world. It's, I just Googled the lyrics for A Thousand Miles because I was thinking, the pretend. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's like, if I could fall into the sky, do you think time would pass me by? Because you know I'd walk a thousand miles if I could just mm. see mm. you tonight. tonight. <laughs> yeah, that. Anyway, so iconic, but you're absolutely right. There's that, like, it's that, what I think that's so fascinating because what makes a song like that so huge compared to all the other songs? It's interesting because, like, they both have, like, key moments where they played that, like, the particular parts of their songs and like somebody else was there to be like, hey, that's something, what you've done, <gasps> what you've done there. Uh, I just think it was, it was, it's really interesting. So but, someone else, like a producer? I mean, or yeah, no, or like it was like family or friends. Be like, yeah, that's great. You should do that. Yeah. <gasps> That's so interesting. Mm. And look, it's like, is it the worst thing in the world to be known for like Teenage Dirtbag or like A Thousand Miles? Like those are good songs. They're good yeah. songs. And, you know, people love those songs and they can still tour and work and and, and do things. And, you know, they're part of the, the pop culture zeitgeist. They become these like touchstones of pop culture, you know, and then I think yeah. that's really cool. Anyway, so the Vanessa Carton one, it's like 22 minutes long. You would love it. You should watch it. It's, re it's really cool. And she seems really nice and happy and that's good, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, uh, definitely check it out. It's on Vice's What's YouTube channel. Uh, the Vanessa Carton one is called The Story of a Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. Interesting because that sounds like Song Exploder, which is like a podcast and also I think now a show as well where oh. they kind of – like it's basically extrapolating on that. 
like the behind the scenes of a particular artist's famous song and how that came to be. Yeah, right. I, I will love that. I'm going to, that, that'll be my next email. Well, it will be that. in the link to the description of this show, which Collings, welcome back, Collings. Thank welcome you for the edits. Collings. Even Hello. though he was also working in the Great Mates Facebook group as well. I know. I tried so hard to get him to take a full on holiday. He but wouldn't listen. He loved everyone in that group so much. Yeah. He was like, no. And he was so happy when it was allowed to be back again yeah. that I felt like, cool. That's right. He's awesome. He is awesome. Collings, you're amazing. But I hope he did also have some actual rest time. That's right. Exactly. Cool. Uh, but look, here's something that people shouldn't rest on. You know what I mean? If there's on one thing you're laurels? going to, that's true. But if there's one thing you shouldn't do today, you should do today is write down that idea which I'm going to steal from you. Before <laughs> I steal it. And the second thing is review the show. Just like Richard Johnson TX. Oh. Presumably from Texas is saying. Cool. Gave us five stars review. You can just do this in app. I don't oh. know if you know this, Claire. Look can at you? me. I've still got it. Take a month off. <laughs> I'm fucking flying, mate. Uh, it's also because <laughs> it's the middle of the day, which is the best time to record. I'm going to try and do more of that uh, from now on. Yes. None of this late night recording. It's breaking no. my brain. And me as well. I, I just, uh, nothing happens good after nine. Nothing's ever happened good after <laughs> nine o'clock. Well, my brain just made me I think me it's midnight when you're young, but when you're our age, it's nine o'clock. Yeah, yeah, I know. People ask me. This is the thing about going to see live music. It's very parent exclusionary because everything starts at seven, but the acts don't come on to like 10. Yeah. That's total bullshit. I want a gig that starts at 3 p.m. in the afternoon on a Sunday and is finished by five. I'm happy with that. You should do that. I'm you should start that. There. That's your idea. You can do it. Okay. Uh, so this, as mentioned from Richard Johnson, said, listen to Suggestible because James doesn't. Suggestible is a fantastic podcast hosted by the lovely Claire Tonti and her much less successful co-host, oh, Mr. <laughs> something something. Uh, each week, Claire <laughs> attempts to brighten the listeners' lives by uh, offering a delicious recipe, wonderful book, book to read, or a beautiful piece of poetry. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mr. Something or other can barely f- phone in a measly 40% to listen to his own wife's poetry. Please listen to <laughs> suggestible because James clearly does it five stars. That's not true. I do listen to this show also. You do. And also, may I say, you do bring in poetry just like secondhand that I've already That's what about. he's saying, Claire. <laughs> he's saying I didn't listen. I didn't hear it. You didn't listen. You did not listen. All right. Well, you can also email the show, James. Who's been emailing us on our break? Oh, my goodness. A couple of people were so happy. But you can do this at suggestiblepod at gmail.com with your recommendations or just like feelings about the show. We would love to hear from you. This is a hello from Hertfordshire, England. I don't know if you remember this. Tim Ball. Hi, Claire. Mm. Hope you, James, and everyone have had a wonderful, well-earned break and holiday. I'm writing in because in the last episode on the 27th of July, Mario Strikers <sighs> and James is a genie. Boom. At 7 minutes 12, you guys said, Claire, the stage are an English indie folk trio of sisters Emily, Jessica, and Camilla Stavely-Taylor from Washford, Hertfordshire. I wonder if anyone from Hertfordshire is still listening to this. Yeah, says James. If you are, hello, James says. <laughs> Write in. Well, hello from a listener from Hertfordshire. <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> I live there near Washford, Washford, and it was a delightful surprise to hear you say all that. We didn't know the staves, but we looked into them immediately. I'm glad. I Thank wrote you. into the Weekly Planet last year and the boys kindly read out some of my email and it included this. Also a fan of James's less successful, sorry, Claire, podcast. And if you see this, please pass on to Claire that she's awesome too. You never passed it on. I'm I didn't. Fa- no, I'm very insulted. No, I would have. You didn't remember. Yeah, that's actually, that's very likely. That sounds like something I would do. Anyway, so I hope they did pass that on. I've given them their compliments there. So just to say here that, Claire, you're also indeed awesome. As someone who started out with the Weekly Planet many years ago, I'm one of, I imagine, many people who gave suggestible a try through James. And because of that, ended up listening to something wonderful I wouldn't have otherwise got into and is all the better for it. Your insights Aww. and worldview have certainly broadened my horizons. And it's particularly interesting hearing about more things in the world from a woman's perspective. 
Fantastic. My favourite thing about the podcast is when it goes off track into discussions on life and the world and you're so wonderfully articulate and thoughtful and careful. Am I? Well, you must like a lot of this podcast. <laughs> it's sometimes very moving and sometimes very funny. I really appreciate both of you and all of you. A big sandwich. Thank you. Tim, 22, from Well, Hertfordshire, England. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you so much. Thank you for writing in. And you too can do the same at suggestiblepod at gmail.com. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Also, send us a voice memo. We haven't had one of those in a while. You can just record it on your voice memo app, on your phone. And we love to hear from people from anywhere. If you're walking the dog, if you're sitting in your car, if you're in a space machine, you know, one time someone wrote in from machine. a submarine. I don't know. Maybe we've got some people sitting in orbit somewhere <laughs> in a little spacecraft. We had someone write in from a submarine, James. That's true. But were they on the submarine? At the time. I feel like yes because they listened. And then didn't someone else say they were like part of the Secret Service or something and they had to download all our episodes yeah, and then I listen meant, to it? I meant to fucking read that out on when we did the Bond episode and I didn't. Oh, because yeah. it's so bloody cool. I know. Anyway. Thank you to all our incredible listeners. You're all bloody amazing and I'm so grateful that you have come back to. Hello. Thank you. I think just quietly we have the best listeners of everyone. I'm going to say I don't. Ever. I can't confirm that. But they're also kind of nice and articulate and interesting and have lots of cool things to say. Well, do you like it when every now and then someone's like, well, actually, Claire, well, actually, <laughs> Claire, actually. I actually, actually do like some feedback. I think constructive feedback is welcome. Oh, yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. All right. And you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you, everybody. Till next time. Thank you, Zoe, for calling us for editing this week's episode. We've been just for podcast. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm.